This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to a special edition iFanboy podcast, The Spirit. Two, three. Just wanna do something special for all the ladies in the world. Just wanna do something special for all the ladies in the world. And the girls. Don't forget to a special edition of the iFanboy podcast. This is our special edition show talking about the movie The Spirit. My name is Connor. I'm here with Josh. Hello. And sitting in for an absent Ron is iFanboy staff writer Paul Montgomery. Hello. Hello, Paul. Thanks for being here. Sure. This is very professional. It's, it's like we're not – hello. It's good. Yes. <laughs> so, so this is the uh, Frank Miller written and, and directed adaptation – or not adaptation, but written and directed film of The Spirit, which is the Will Eisner property, the famous Will Eisner character. And this came out Christmas Day. We are a little bit late. Normally we get these out the week of the movie, but it was the holidays. And, you know, there was – Stuff to do. So we're doing this now. And this is Frank Miller's, I believe it's his first solo directing adventure. He's he's sort of co-directed. Sure he did. Sin City. So this is his first (laughs) solo work. He also has written some films in the past. So this is, he wrote some horrible Robocop films, but we won't talk about that. And so here we go. So this is The Spirit. It's out. What did did we think? I was not looking forward to seeing this movie. Um, No, you you whined about it for weeks. I really didn't want to see it. (laughs) Because... You know, it wasn't even that I was expecting it to be bad. It's just like I just – for whatever reason, I just didn't care. I don't really have a history with the spirit. Um, I've read the the Darwin Cook 12 issues, and that's about it. And I loved those, but if I'm being honest, I love them because of Darwin Cook on them, you know, more than anything. The so, is a very famous character that not many people have read. Sure. And it's it's like, you know, Eisner is very, very big among people who are comics people. I mean, like who are like studious scholars of comics. But, I, you know, and I've read some Eisner, but but I'm, I haven't read much of the spirit. So other than I know that it's a really interesting, iconic look and I know those title pages, I didn't really have any connection to this. And I was not heartened by seeing the initial reaction, I would say. So I went to the theater and I was it's been out for a week and I was in like the you know the very back theater like the one where they put the dogs who are about to die you know like that mm-hmm. one in the very back and there was nobody in it so and this is after the movie's been out a week so that's never a good sign I had a similar I, experience I was in the very back theater and I was up until five minutes before the movie I was yeah. one of two people in the theater but by the time the movie started it was full it definitely wasn't full today but I went at noon on a day you know Saturday I, I mean it wasn't Okay, the the big question that everybody has been saying is like, is this going to be worse than The Punisher? No, it's not worse than The Punisher. Nor is it worse the than Punisher either. No, The Punisher is still the worst movie that's ever made. <laughs> Just that's that's an objective <laughs> fact now. I, I don't I don't know anyone who could possibly refute that. But was it a movie made for me? No. I mean, basically that that would be my point. By the end, I was sort of okay with it, but it was a lot of eye rolling in the first sort of ninety percent. 
I don't know. I never really got into it the way that, that they would want you to. And I think it was just a tonal thing. But I can say like the difference between a movie like The Punisher and this is that at least the tone was consistent. He knew what movie he wanted to make and he made it. Yeah. He made exactly that. But I think that there are things that didn't work for me in that way. I went in very similar to Josh. Um, not all too thrilled about uh, seeing it. But I wanted to pick out a couple of different things that I might like so we could talk about it. And I did actually, to my surprise, find some things that are worth talking about and, and worth liking in this yes. film. And it's not the complete departure from, say, Eisner or Darwin Cook's spirit that I thought it would be. No. I thought that this was going to be, you know, Sin City 2, as people have been saying and, and speculating and sort of confirming in their reviews. But I, I think there is an element of that. But I also think if you, if you scratch away at the veneer of this with a penny, like you're getting into that charming spirit that is, you know, a classic and iconic character and, and world. It's funny because I saw it a week after it came out, too, and a lot of people had seen it already on a fanboy had written about it. And after coming out of the movie, I thought, wow, I must have saw a different film than everybody else because I really had a good time and enjoyed it. I didn't love it. I think it was a film with a lot of problems. It was definitely a first-time director's film. But I really had a good time with it, and I thought... I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> The idea that it's a complete murdering of Eisner and his work is ludicrous to me. I thought it was a 40s film through and through. Once, you, as Paul said, you scratch away all the visual elements. I thought the acting and directing was, re- was straight out of a 40s film, which is what the spirit is. It had a hokiness that you would find in that kind of world. I thought to, in the middle of the movie, there was a scene where there was about a, a lot of banter between the spirit and the commissioner and his daughter. And I thought, wow, if a director from the 1940s was brought back to life and was given a budget to direct a film, that's what it would look like. I thought in that sense he was really paying homage to Eisner's spirit in that. He's trying to mix the 40s aesthetic, which is what the spirit is, with the modern-day filmmaking. I don't know if that worked, but it definitely was not, in my opinion, a some people put a shitting on of Eisner. I thought it was a very... I think it was paying tribute to Eisner very strongly. No, I, I, I can definitely see that. I mean, for me, like I said, it was a tonal thing. Like, it just wasn't the kind of... I think one of the things that got me was that I think visually a lot of the things that Frank Miller is very good at um, on a comic book page were were tried to put into this mo- motion and it didn't work for me a lot of the time i just didn't like the shoes and everything like i think it would have like and it felt to me like a, a frank miller comic book like i was like this feels like well, it that, would to that's totally read right. to, totally right. to, it felt like it was to read the dark knight returns you know just it, for whatever like the style of it but when you put it in motion and you put real people saying those words that's where it started to feel flat for me a lot like it just didn't work in that context I think it maybe could have done more adaptation for, for, for moving, you know, if you want to make that kind of movie. And, you know, I'm obviously not the only one who, who felt that way. There were things about it that I liked. Um, can, we, and can, we just, can we talk about the freaking other thing for a second before we move on? To sure, that? sure. Because I had the same thought. I, I'm actually just rereading Ronin right now. And I was <laughs> literally in, in the midst of reading this book as I went to the movie. And I thought, wow, this is more of a Frank Miller comic than, than even the Sin City and 300 were. Sure. The overwrought narration, if you read any of his books out loud, that's what it sounds like. If you go Absolutely. Read, if Dar- I mm-hmm. love The Dark Knight Returns, one of my all-time favorite books, but if you read that out loud, it sounds hokey, and it sounds overwrought and noirish, because that's what he loves, and he does that. He puts it in all of his work. You either like it or you don't, and this was totally in that. It felt, to me, more like a true ad- adaptation of Frank Miller's style meshed with Eisner's style than anything than anything I've seen from his, his adaptation before, and I thought that was really true. It really felt like a Frank Miller book. Now, whether or not that works on the screen 
is debatable. But I, f- I thought from that sense, he really did a good job translating his style to the screen. Yes, which is unfortunate if he wants to do it more because I don't think he's going to get a lot of options to, to do more um, like that. Again, let's talk about some of the things that we liked because I don't, you know, we don't like to do a shit fest. And there's definitely, there were definitely, I think we can all agree that there were definitely laudable things about this film. Uh, for me, the first thing that that stand that stand out is that unlike the the Punisher, and I, I I'm going to try to stop doing that, the cast was really good. Yeah, it was I, I was uh, the cast was excellent all around, visually and, and otherwise. There were lines that were clunkers, but there was nobody who was really well. Actually, I'm going to say something that's going to piss off Paul. Uh, Go ahead, that's fine. Some no. of the, no, you know what? The only person who fell flat in the acting, I thought, was Eva Mendes, who absolutely looked the part, but she doesn't have the uh, the weight to do whatever she was doing. In fact, the person who played her as a kid was better at it than she was. Now, just standing there looking pretty, there was not a better person in the world to be cast for that. And obviously, we can see where Frank Miller has his fetish in this movie. <laughs> no, I was going back and forth because, uh, yeah, I, I, I do have a thing for Eva Mendes. But I was thinking, like, is it? Because I, I noticed, like she's not she's not as good as say Sarah Paulson, who was uh, Ellen Dolan, who I thought was really good, yep. and was maybe even better than the movie deserved. I thought she she handled the script really well and really sold that character. I don't know that I I, I really don't know that the character Sans Serif was that great in terms of dialogue that any actress could really do that. I think that there's a thing that you have to you have to project this ridiculous power when you do it that has to be like complete overconfidence and silly. And I don't think that she bought into it. I think she felt silly while she was saying this stuff. So she under emoted, Mm -hmm. um, which is usually not a problem. But in a movie like this, you kind of have to over emote. And she didn't have the presence to do it. Now, that being said, since this was so visual, like every time she best photocopy in the history of time. But. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, Which is also a really cool story element as yeah, well. Was. Like the way he used that to go find her, showing the photocopy mm-hmm. to the different yeah. uh, concierges at, at the hotels and stuff. Yeah, I thought Gabriel mocked, who I've never heard of or seen in really anything. It's just fine. Yeah. You know, it didn't work. It, I mean, that worked fine. I think Dan Loria was fantastic. Uh, you know, like, you, you know, Wonder Years Dad, go for it. Yep. People have said they, they didn't like Samuel Jackson. Like, it's Samuel Jackson. That's what you're going to get. You know I, what I mean? I, when thought he was, yells, I thought he was good. I mean, this was, this was like. <laughs> Yeah, I thought in a, in a way he, I don't know if he was or not, but playing with the idea of supervillain and superhero in the beginning when they fought, they just kidding, hitting each other with bigger and bigger objects, and it was and it was pointless because neither one was getting hurt. Was kind of a play on the fact that these superheroes and supervillains fight and fight and fight right. and fight, and never ha- nothing ever happens. I thought Sam Jackson was really strong, and I was expecting worse when I read all the reviews, but when I went in, yeah. it was really good. Yeah, and I had no problem with that. And then finally, uh, not even finally, but Scarlett Johansson, I thought was actually, at first I was kind of like, she's not being all sexy, but she was actually really interesting, I thought, in, in her part, although there wasn't much conclusion to it. I guess there was like, they, almost, they set it up for another movie, which is just foolish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then finally, like, when they got the, 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 the clone guys, that dude from The Sopranos, that was hilarious. Louis Lombardi. Yeah, whatever his name is. I was like, least, that guy. least favorite part of the movie. Yeah, probably. No, it was goofy, but I just, I was like, that guy, he's funny. Paul, he has Paul you said you had a list on what stuff you like. What else did you like? Or do we Let's get see. There, there's a moment in the beginning that I think where, where he's, he's on his way to the, to the crime scene or whatever, and, he, and he's bounding across the telephone wires. And I thought that visually, it's, it's a battle between the Frank Miller visual style and the Will Eisner visual style, where it's like, it's this cartoony bounce across the wire mm-hmm. and, and bounding across the tops of the roofs. And I thought, like, if that's not in stark silhouette, and if that's in a, like a bright, colorful, 
hot city, like that feels like the spirit to me. I'm reminded of like one particular issue. It wasn't, it was after Darwin Cook or in the middle, there was that, that extra issue or it was more, it was, it was different uh, writers and artists. And I can't think of the, the creative team who did this particular story, but it was heat wave in the city. And the, the, and one thing about the film being in the winter, I thought that was more towards the Frank Miller side. And, and I'm thinking, what, like, why is this so, so dark and stark and everything? So when there's those moments of brightness and those moments of, of cartooniness and cheerfulness, because Will Eisner was actually a really cheerful guy. I just watched a documentary on him recently. And it, it, two completely different sensibilities. But when those sensibilities sort of married each other, like in this film, when they came really close together, those were those, those great moments. And I think that came across with the way the spirit um, interacted with the different female characters. I think I that's one that of the was great. Those were all great scenes. Yep. Yeah. Those were my favorite scenes, I think. My um, favorite scene in this movie was the, was the first flashback, which was incidentally one of my favorite parts about the Darwin Cook thing was when they went back and looked at the sans serif relationship with Denny Colt. When yes. they went back and they were kids, I was like, that was the first time that I actually stopped looking at it and thinking about what I wanted to say about it, and I just watched the movie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, yes, and like, completely agreed, yeah. Which is unfortunate. Um, because and literally like the girl who played sand in the, in the flashback was better, you know, it was a better actor and, and sort of got that thing a little more. And, you know, like everything in the movie was heavy handed and it was, you know, obvious and in your face what was happening. But it's funny because for me, some of the things that I thought were annoying at first became less. So the girl who was the police officer yes. at the beginning, I hated, I was like, Oh God, get off the screen. You're annoying the hell out of me. By the end, I was like, it's kind of funny. I was okay with it. Same thing with Scarlett Johansson. Like I, for some reason, like at first I was like, this is stupid. And then by the end I was like, well, it's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I think, I, mean, I think there was a lot of good elements to it. I think overall, though, you could tell this was someone who, who doesn't have a lot of directing experience. I thought it was too long. I thought some scenes meandered too long. It could have been tighter. I didn't really yes. like the whole part with – they kept going back to Lorelai, the goddess of death or whatever that was. Death, yeah. And I thought pointless. all of that was pointless. I thought it all set up the joke just to show all the women in his life in that row, which was funny, but it was just like there was too many of those scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, you you could have showed that he was on the edge of death all the time without going into that sort of mystic stuff that they kept going to back. He which, had, which by the way, sort of undercuts the other part with, with how the octopus was the person who created him. Yeah. Like the, those two things are, are at odds and they don't need each other. So you got to pick one and go with it, I think. Yeah, so that was kind of rough. And I mean, you, just, you could just see that. I mean, he had a lot of good ideas and elements. And just You could see that the experience was missing in filmmaking. He has some weird... Frank Miller obviously has some weird tastes. Yeah. One of them I've noticed is whatever his weird Nazi fetish is. That came out of nowhere. Well, like, and was never explained. But the thing is, because that's just his thing. I was, again, I'm rereading Rodin. In this film, there's a scene where Samuel Jackson and Scarlett Johansson, who was his right-hand man, were dressed as Nazis and, and for no reason... And then in, in Ronin, there's a scene with a character w- with dressed as a Nazi for no reason. And in, in Dark Knight Returns, there was that. Dark Knight, yeah. That, that is the first time that I have, in Dark Knight Returns, the first time I ever looked at a comic book panel and went, what the fuck? Right, so mm-hmm. and, and, my first it was panel. almost the same character in Ronin. It was a topless woman with a Nazi hat and stuff. So it was kind of like whatever his weird, powerful women just as Nazi thing is, it, it's coming through in all of his stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just odd, whatever that is. And also, he had a cameo in the film and he was killed. And, and That was a bad call. You're not Martin Scorsese. And, and I don't like he what Martin Scorsese does. He was, in, does that, it. He was in, the, in Sin City, and he was killed in that too. So the, is that his thing where he's going to be? Um, did you? I mean, did you know that was him? Did you? Yeah, yeah. Was, right away. I, I saw him, and I was like, "Is that?" And I put, and I try not to do this. So I pulled up my phone, I looked it up. I was like, "Shit, it is my Frank Miller." Yeah, no, I and, and right. like the, that whole scene, I was like, "That guy can't act." 
<laughs> I mean, I was like, that's terrible. Who is? And then I was like, oh my god, it's Frank Miller. That's no good. Yeah, this had a like a not an all star cast, but a really big name cast. This film did, <laughs> and so did Sin City. And that when I saw interviews, people were like, oh, I just wanted to work with Frank Miller. He's a genius. And I thought, what? What? He? Yeah, he is. But why do you like? You know, like it doesn't. He's, he's, he's got some weird Svengali hold on these people in Hollywood that they really want to work with him. He's a genius at making comics, though. Right, that's what I mean. Like, and I, what I learned here is that that genius does not necessarily translate. No, but it wasn't. You know, also, it wasn't a bad film. It wasn't a disaster on level of the, Pun- the Punisher or something. Like, it wasn't. It wasn't good. Right up until the very end, I was looking at my watch. I was like, okay, come on, let's let's get on with it. There was parts where I stopped doing that, little glimpses of things. But it's funny because you you know he's a first time director. But one of the things that first time directors have problems with is finding their stamp. He had no problem with that. He he did he, he did his thing. I don't think that it works in motion like that, or at See, least I, not. I love the visual so, look of it. I liked the visual elements. So I liked the, I liked the Sin City look. I liked it when it was when black and white. Those are my favorite mm-hmm. parts of the movie. So in that sense, I didn't mind his visual elements. Um, well, even a visual. The visual is only part of it, though. I'm talking about you know just from the dialogue to the to the weird Nazi thing to everything. This was like if you were to show me this and I didn't know Frank Miller, I'd be like, God, this is just like a Frank Miller comic book, which was weird. Well, I think, yeah, I, think. I, I see. I enjoy. I love Frank Miller. He's one of my favorite all-time creators in comics. So I think that's. <laughs> I enjoyed all of that stuff. It wasn't. It didn't all work on film, but I enjoyed most of it. I don't know, Paul. Mm-hmm. Did you? What did you think overall? I'm just wondering, vis- like visually, does it need to be like? Would this work as a script if it was another director? If it was another visual style? And I don't know. I mean, well, I, I, I think, think it's tailored to his style. I mean, he wrote it and directed. It. I mean, yeah. I think it's sure. It's, yeah. that's, a, that's a hard question to ask because it's like. It's his thing, you know. It's so tied mm-hmm. to him that it's, you can't really picture somebody else doing it. And also, there was a lot of talk about Sam Jackson doing a lot of improvisation, and I don't know what, like, what was planned and what wasn't. It's structured in a really weird way, so I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like moments of the film, but ultimately, I just I felt like it was sort of aimless. I thought that there was, you know, we have the weird Golden Fleece stuff, and like, so there's at least a direction they're trying to get those prizes mm-hmm. but uh, you know when we got to that that final confrontation scene i didn't know that that was like the end scene i didn't it was just what's next you know and there never it never felt like this movie was going anywhere and it never felt like there were really like um like the stakes were never being raised because you open up with a fight that's it's looney tune violence where nobody can get hurt right and like so, so what? Like, what is the end goal here? So I, there, I didn't really care about the characters so much. So I was just sort of waiting for those charming scenes where it's you know the spirit talking to one of these girls and trying to find some kind of like emotional resonance to, to cling on to. I think to me the uh-huh. biggest problem was the structure and the pacing yep. and all that stuff because you get momentum and it would go off in some weird direction and that was to me was the mm. biggest problem the biggest sign that it was somebody who wasn't you know seasoned as a director but other than I mean other than that I liked I liked the characters and the actors you know there were some great great sequences I liked I loved the scene with Spirit and Ellen in the and when he's she's she's uh, fixing him up and they start to almost fool around in the hospital I loved that scene I loved that. I thought they had great chemistry uh, mm-hmm. the two of them but I, and I, I enjoyed it I didn't love it I didn't think it was great it was good it's a movie I would consider owning on DVD unlike you know I wouldn't own Punisher or Wanted or Ghost Rider or any of the Fantastic Four films but I would consider owning this on DVD so that's to me the sign it was, I thought it was like a mid-level superhero movie yeah you gave it more than I do probably I don't think I don't think I need to see it again but at the same time I didn't loathe it I didn't find my like no I mean literally it's it's true like the difference between you know this is it wasn't it wasn't taking itself seriously it was what it was so it's hard to 
laugh at it like that. You know what I mean? You can't, you know, it's like you it were watching. A, it was a comedy. It wasn't, yeah. you were supposed to be laughing at parts of it. Yeah, and, then, and that's totally fine. What, you know what? One of the things that kept, that kept bugging me, and I, I, you know, these are nitpicks, is I couldn't believe that he found time to take a shot at, at superheroes. Like when he was like made jokes about Robin, and I was like, come on. And he did I that. The, I don't know if that was a joke or the fact that they referenced Batman, Sin City, and Superman and Elektra in it. So like, I, th- I thought he was le- I thought he was referencing all of his past works. I don't. You know what the funny thing is? A guy like Frank Miller to me, I don't think needs to make references and tongue in cheek nods at, at that comic book audience. I guess that I, for me, that's like a pet peeve of mine that always takes me out of things because like you know, I'm like, oh, it's Ditko's driving van, haha. Yeah. And I just like that. I mean, for some See, people, like I, that stuff. But I feel like that's, 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 that's honoring the past. You know what I mean? The I know. Name, the it just takes me out. Van doesn't really bother me. It doesn't bother me, but it takes me out of it in a movie that I was having a hard time being in. I think is, is the only thing. But the like the Robin thing, I noticed, and only because I know about the books that he does about how he doesn't like superheroes. You know, so like all of a sudden, I'm thinking about the man rather than the work. Right. It just it's a clunky line too, because it's like it it doesn't add anything to the scene. It's just this. It's this very conspicuous reference. And Josh, what you said about like having trouble being in this film, like getting into it, I think that's the my problem in saying whether I like it or not is that I observed this film and I was yeah. so conscious of okay, it's Frank Miller and like what what style and and I was I was analyzing it the whole time. It never. It didn't feel like an engrossing movie. It felt like I'm looking at the techniques and everything. Well, the, so it felt know, like an experiment. That's interesting because, you know, the, how objective can a person like y- you or myself or Connor even that's be? That's what I'm wondering about. If any, if any mm-hmm. comic creator has a film that they write and direct, are we going to sit there and, and try to find the elements or is it going to be, you know? Yeah, I mean? but at the same time, like, and I, you know, like I watched Iron Man and I know a lot about Marvel Comics and I know, you know, that, you know, that's Casada. you know, I, I, no, but, but they didn't, didn't. Cassada didn't direct the film. If he directed the film, no, I know that. But they, whatever, or like there was in Daredevil, they named him or something like that, you know. But like in Iron Man, like I got lo- I get lost in the story. I stopped thinking about it like that. I may have started off trying to analyze it, but no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about if if Joe Cassada had been the writer director of Iron Man, it would be a different experience. You'd be you'd be looking at it with a different perspective than you than a normal. Well, person I guess what would. I'm saying is any comic book movie, a comic book person such as myself or you guys, is going to go into it originally thinking about it in those terms and sort of making those things until eventually the movie grabs you and you stop processing, you stop observing, as Paul said. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just, you just experience the movie. But I think that that's what I never stopped doing. You know, so, so the film didn't make me do that. As Except it, as, for those rare moments. Yes. Ex- yeah, those, again, that flashback for me was, was, was good stuff. When, when the Spirit 2, still Spirit in, comes out. Um, <laughs> spirit harder. Yeah, Lionsgate's fucked. Lionsgate, <laughs> it's the the Red Death, just awful. No, well, I didn't think this movie was awful. I didn't. No, business wise, like oh, how do you? Wise, yeah, how, you awful. know, Frank. How does Frank Miller ever get work again? You know, Paul Maybe. Levitz had a cameo in this movie also. Yes, I saw that in the credits. I didn't see him. But... He was in the crowd when the spirit was hanging from the pole by his jacket. <laughs> yeah. he was in that crowd. <laughs> yeah, Frank Miller so, loves asses. He does. I mean, like, Who like doesn't? it was so many ass shots. <laughs> how do you not? think Eva Mendez got cast? I mean, it was just. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson, all the sexy chicks. Anyway, she so, should have been cast. That's immortalized. It should have been immortalized. All right, all right. This is getting weird. Okay. I right, so the spirit. It was it was an interesting film that I enjoyed, but I didn't love. But you know, that's just the way it goes. Some films, not every film is going to be great. It certainly wasn't the worst <laughs> film I saw this year by far. No, I don't think it was. So if you want to talk about the spirit, you can go to ifanboy.com. There will be discussion on that. You can uh, write us an email. I'm sure we'll get some scathing responses to this, but that's, that's the way it goes. So contact at ifanboy.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697, and uh, tell us what you thought of the film. 
thank you, Paul. And uh, I'm a little sorry. I'm also sorry for myself. I'd like my eight bucks. <laughs> oh, it wasn't I, maybe, that bad. I really, I would have much rather seen many of the other films in the theater. That's definitely true. Well, that's true of a lot of films I go to see, but that's... Yeah. What can you do? I'm Connor. I'm Paul. And I am Josh. Two, three... Just wanna do something special for all the ladies in the world. Oh, yeah. Just wanna do something special for all the ladies in the world. And the girls, don't forget them. Caribbean, ladies. Parisian, ladies. Bolivian, ladies. Namibian. Eastern Oceanian Lady. Republic of Dominican Lady. Amphibian Lady. Presbyterian Lady. Out of sight Amazing lady Late night Hoboken lady Erudite Brainer lady Hermaphrodite Lady man ladies Are you sexy hermaphrodite lady man ladies your sexy lady bits and your sexy man bits too even you must be into you ooh, ooh.